Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curlin. And today it's actually me and George. <laughs> I oh, I keep wanting to call him Zach because it's been a lot of me and Zach or me rolling solo. So it's been a while since me and George have been together on a podcast. George, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Happy Fourth of July. Um, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while since we've been on together. Uh, last one I was on, I know I was with Zach, but um, yeah, just been pretty busy lately. Um, you know, with our writing, with fan tracks, and you know, summer vacation. Uh, kids are off school, so a lot of stuff going on. But happy to have some downtime here on this holiday and uh, get on and, and record with you. You can follow George at J Montanez ninety. You can follow me at Mike underscore Curland. We just wanted to give some, uh, you know, everybody a little something to listen to going into the weekend. So this is episode 29. We're going to cover some news and notes, a little buy low, sell high, and hold tight, and and cut bait or wait. So it's going to be a little bit of everything. We're just going to, like I said, we're going to just dive right in. But again, like you said, before we get into it, George and I have actually been given an opportunity to write for fan tracks. If you haven't already heard that, which I'm sure you have because I mentioned on every episode, uh, George actually has two weekly articles one you just dropped today which is a bullpen report i believe yeah yeah so every thursday uh the closer uh rankings and bullpen update will be uh published on fantrax hq so that's basically just uh going over the depth chart for every team who's the next man up who's in the mix and then kind of giving a brief summary of the week's usage uh who got the saves um you know just kind of breaking it down team by team for the week and you also do a Saturday article with me as well. Like I know I do one on Saturday as well, but what's your Saturday? Or you do two a week. What's your other article exactly? A hitter planner, yeah. correct? Yeah, the other one is a hitter planner. So uh, just kind of looking ahead to the following week and, uh, again, going team by team uh, and taking a look at the matchups, uh, how many you know home games, away games, um, left-handed pitcher, right-handed pitcher, and then just kind of, uh, pointing, you know, little points of like who stands out for that week. So yeah, you can find that on Saturday's uh, hitter planner. I rank all the offenses for the week as well. So if you want to know which offenses to target and maybe which ones that you want to avoid, it's it's really good stuff. You guys definitely check it out. My thing is a little less uh, in depth as far as an overall standpoint. I do the weekly deep dive articles. Uh, a little bit of a. Uh, Sneak previews of this week's going to be on Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I'm just about finished up with that one. I try to do two a week, but I'm, I have my minimum one a week. So with that being said, we're going to get back to – we're going to get started into the episode now. News and notes-wise, unfortunately, terrible news. No one likes seeing this. It, it transcends fantasy and baseball as a whole. But Tyler Skaggs, unfortunately, he passed away. Thoughts and prayers to the family and teammates. It's a terrible, terrible situation. Unfortunately, life happens, and it's almost a reminder to like it. It's a reminder that these these you know these players are real people. They aren't just you know who you should start, who you should add, and who you should drop. And I don't know, man. It's it's just again, it's a reminder that there is some there's there's real lives behind this uh, sport of ours. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was terribly heartbreaking news. Like you said, it's a reminder of, you know, that these players are human. You know, they're all human. They all have lives. And, you know, and to lose someone like Skaggs, it, uh, when you, you know, it's just, it's just heartbreaking. Exactly. And 
it, obviously there's no it's not easy to just move on transition for this so unfortunately it is part of what we do to have to kind of still cover fantasy baseball not unfortunately but we have to kind of move on from this so again thoughts and prayers are out with the family and friends and teammates and all that uh, and, and everyone who happened to get a chance to meet them know them and we wish you guys the best now outside of that we have uh call-ups call-ups are happening uh, right now the big thing you know brandon mckay dylan cease Nate Lowe is back for probably a day or two. Uh, Matt Dice. Uh, we'll get to them in a moment, but McKay and Cease are obviously the most notable call-ups. I think I do believe both are going to be up to stay for the rest of the year, pending them being terrible. McKay looked absolutely great. He had really good command of his pitches. He had like a perfect game or going into like what the sixth inning or fifth inning. He was looking, like I said, absolutely fantastic. Cease was looking wild. His stuff, I believe, is better than McKay's. I think he has better stuff, but his control isn't there. So Yeah, his curveball is nasty. He has a nasty curveball. Um, yeah, he, he was a little erratic to start the game. He gave up two runs in that first inning, but uh, he calmed down and uh, did end up picking up the win. Uh, I think he gave up three runs through five with uh, six strikeouts. So, um, yeah, he, he settled in and, and looked really good. Yeah, that control's a little erratic, but uh, definitely like the upside. And all the, I think I ranked him like that before. McKay overseas, I still have it that way because I think McKay offers upside but offers a higher, safer floor, whereas McKay, he definitely has the higher upside, but his floor could literally send him back to the minors. So, <laughs> like, that's where I'm at. I get, would you rank him the same way? I mean, you might – I mean, again, it, it depends on you how you want to attack it. Like, if you feel like – if you want to say – if you're swinging for the fences, obviously you would rank him differently. Right. No, I think uh, I think I'm right there with you. I think I'd uh, you know pick up McKay before Cease. Um, would love to have both on my roster right now, but uh, yeah, I think I think I I'd prefer McKay. Now I'm not really particularly inter- entered, uh, particularly I can't speak today. Particularly interested in the hitter side of McKay. I think it's intriguing. I think it's always fun for the sport, but I don't think there's really much upside there. So I wouldn't expect much on the offensive side especially with all the hitters the Rays do have coming up including Nate Lowe right yeah I don't know if you disagree with the whole hitter side but if you do please chime in but if not we could just move on to Nate Lowe I mean as a like you know I I picked up McKay where I could I picked him up in a couple of leagues and uh you know as an owner I I I want him to just pitch you know I I want him to to just pitch I know they mentioned, you know, possibly having him continue what he was doing in the minors, which was pitching every six days and uh, DHing, uh, you know, hitting. Um, you know, the, he he would get a day off after he pitched, and then he would hit. So, uh, you know, he d- was he was DHing the other day, and it'd be interesting to see if they're going to keep that up. But I mean, as a McKay owner, I, I just want to see him pitch. Yeah, and I'm with you. I, I and I think that's just as a fantasy, fantasy upside. I mean, how many of us really need offense? It's funny because I actually need some offense in one league, but even then, I'm not. I don't think he offers a high enough ceiling there. Regardless, I'm with you. Nate Lowe is a, was called up for the Rays. They have what Brandon Brandon Lau, same spelling, different pronunciation. Brandon Lau is on the IL. Uh, G Man Choi is on the IL. I was reading that Lowe could literally be sent back down after the after the All Star break, so I'm not I'm not blowing a whole bunch of fab on him. 
um, I would pick him up if I, I guess, but I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't even waste my high priority uh, a waiver claim on him. I think the upside is there, but I just don't trust them to. I just don't trust them to uh, play him beyond when these guys get healthy. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? You know, this is a third time up now for Lowe, so we'll see. You know how long he's he's here this time. Uh, I know he was picking it up in the minors now with uh, 12 home runs, um, you know, uh, 290 average. Uh, I know he's been picking it up recently, so we'll see. Um, I know he's yet to hit for any power in the majors, but I know he's, he's it's very limited, very limited sample size. I think he's only played 10 games uh, up in the majors. So uh, we'll see what's in store for, for Lowe. Let's see how long he's up. Uh, I mean, I, I can imagine – you know, you can get them. You could just pick them up right now. I don't imagine ever anyone rushing to pick them up at at this time. And eventually, he's going to come up to stay. And at that point, all this prospect shine will be off him, and he'll actually probably be cheap. And he might be a good buy low uh, target in dynasty leagues with how they've been treating him. I wouldn't be surprised if you can get him at a pretty solid discount. And I mean, that, but that's I guess that's a whole other discussion. Regardless, it, it says it right here that. Seems likely he will be sent back down shortly after the All Star break. So um, <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> it's just it's just aggravating. Like I'm I'm reading Roto World for that, and it's just it's just aggravating because unfortunately there are, this kid can't get full time run, and I think he would be solid given the chance. But my now one of my guys that this is a deep league, and I I tweeted this out. He's a deep league guy, but it probably better for your points leagues because he walk uh, in the Myers he walks more than he strikes out. He has some pop to his game, but that's Matt Dice. Matt Dice, he's just – I mean, he flashed it in spring training. I've talked about him multiple times throughout the year on the podcast. So, this is one of my guys. Like, I have him in a few dynasty leagues. I've had – you know, just, again, he's one of those – it feels like a higher floor guy than a, than a higher ceiling type. Don't really need power these days with this with the way based with how, um, you know, the ball is juiced and all that good stuff. But I think all in all – if you if you're in a pinch, you need some power or or even some batting average. I think he can provide that for you. But if you're in an OBP or points league, I think he could be solid. Yeah, I know you've been on Dice for a while now. <laughs> I, I know he's he's someone that you've been mentioning um, for a while to keep an eye on. Um, so you know he's he's your guy. Don't really know too much. Can't really uh, give too much on Dice. It was just it was just uh. Like I said, I'm big on – and this is what got me on to Dylan Carlson before he blew up in prospect rankings too. When I start looking into prospects, I look for guys who walk and who, who walk rates what, with high walk rates and low K rates. I love that batting profile. Obviously, you look for other outstanding stats, but those are two things I really look for. Because if they, can, if they have really good plate approach in the minors, I feel like that translates well to the majors. So seeing that plate approach is really what turned me on to them. And that's what's – again, he's just – he's very – I mean, I went around adding him everywhere because I, I feel like I'm obligated to at this point. <laughs> but that's because I'm – it's one of those I'm just taking a shot on him, see see if maybe that power comes back from string training because he hasn't really flashed all that much in the, in the minors this year compared to what you would have expected. So we can move on from him. He, again, very deeply guy. He's only 1% or 2% owned in Yahoo leagues, and that's probably because I own him in those 1% or 2% leagues. <laughs> um, uh, the, the the upsetting news, speaking of call-ups, it doesn't look like we're going to see Lazardo this year. He had a grade two latch strain, unknown uh, unknown downtime. So yeah, that, that is, uh, the alarms are sounding, man. It's it's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's uh no. What I mean, I I had him stashed in a few places. I guess if there was ever if there was ever luck to to this, like I I was just always outbid for him, or somebody was always willing to hold him before I was. This worked out for me because I have I had more McKay and Cease stashed away because of this. Yeah, uh, I uh, I was one of those guys holding Lazardo. I've been holding Lazardo. I drafted Lazardo been holding them since you know since the draft and you know it's not looking very good for redraft right now you know it, it you know with the grade two lat strain we're probably looking if we're lucky to get him you know lim- with limited innings in september so i mean uh it's unfortunate but we're probably not going to get any anything from lazardo till next season yeah that's that is ugh. It's upsetting because I mean, again, I, I I happen to luck out, and I say that with air quotes, even though you can't see my air quotes. I happen to luck out not getting them for this reason, but I was still excited nonetheless because I love seeing these young guys come up and just he has that ace upside. So I think all in all, like you said, next year will be his year. He'll be drafted again, probably higher, and it'll be. But unfortunately, it looks like his season may be over. I think he's safe to drop in all formats in redraft. Sorry, in all redraft formats. Let me just make that very clear. But while we're talking about the A, well, actually, yeah, we're, we have our next news and our, our couple things about the A's. But you think this gives Puck a chance to enter the rotation? Possibly, yeah. I know both have been pitching. Uh, Puck has been down in uh, uh, single A uh, pitching, so. Um, you know, it could open up. It could open up a chance for Puck to to get into the rotation. He was looked at as someone who can maybe provide some help out of the bullpen later on this season. But I think this just, uh, yeah, raises his chances of possibly getting a shot in the rotation. Unfortunately, like I just pulled up his numbers real quick, and he in in single A or high A, he three games six innings pitched in double A right now because he's been moved up two games, two innings pitch. So it, he's a long ways away from being stretched out. He would – even if we got Puck as a starter this year, we're looking at probably no earlier than mid-August maybe if they start stretching him out now because of how you know how cautious they've been with him up until now anyway. Yeah. So, so I wouldn't get my hopes up on that, unfortunately, only because just by what I'm seeing in these game logs. Uh Trinan, Blake Trinan came back and looked like Blake Trinan before he got before he went on the IL. Came back, blew up last night. People, if you see people drop Liam Hendricks already, I would recommend grabbing him because there's a chance that one of it's one of these that Trinan came back even though he's not 100, percent and he could end up back on the IL or he could just outright lose the job. We've seen him lose the job before in the past. Last year was kind of the outlier. He's shown that type of upside before, but last year. As, a, as consistent as he was, kind of an outlier. Maybe Liam Hendricks is this year's trying to. You might if you if you have if you have Hendricks, I would definitely hold on to him because we could be looking at the second half closer for the A's. Not saying it's going to happen that way, but there's a chance. And if saves are saves are hard to come by, at least in my league. So I know I'm holding tight with Hendricks. Um, I would might even be looking to sell on trying and just I, I, I I'm scared. I think he could lose that job or just end up back on the IL. Yeah, absolutely. It's possible. I mean, Trinan wasn't very good before he went on the IL. Uh, he wasn't very good in his recovery down in the minors uh, in his rehab stint. And he wasn't very good yesterday when he came back. So 
you know, I think you have a good point. Hendricks has been lights out. You know, he's got a 1.29 ERA. Um, he's filled in nicely while training has been out. So, you know, I, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm holding on to Hendricks. I didn't really expect training to take over that job till maybe shortly after the all-star break anyways. Uh, but just given his struggles and, you know, maybe he's, he's still pitching through something, you know, H- Hendricks could, uh, you know, Hendricks could provide, you know, a lot of value down here in the second half of the season. And one last thing that I find – this might be a deeper league as well. One last thing we'll talk, talk touch on is Denelson Lameda's back. And people are probably like, whoa, what, what a name drop because it's been, you know, since 2017. He's just – it's nice to see him back. He In 2017, the most intriguing part of his game was his K he – had, he had a 10.94K per nine in uh, 2017 for the Padres. And his ERA was a mid four ERA and all indications, you know, FIP, XFIP and all in Sierra were also like, you know, low, kind of low fours, but a low four pitcher isn't terrible these days, as sad as it is to say. So if I can get that type of uh, strikeout upside, if he could temper those walks down a little bit, we're looking at a guy with some decent upside, nothing. I mean, definitely worth a look in your deeper leagues, you know, 15 teamers, definitely and not only, May have some mixed league value if you're hurting for K's in a category league. He can't hurt your ratios in the meantime, though. But all in all, I mean, good home park in San Diego. I think he's intriguing. I, I added him in one or two spots just as a speculative ad because pitching has been so so hard to come by. Uh, yeah, that's about yeah, it on he's, that. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, he's interesting. I know he, you know, he's he's still a two pitch pitcher. I, I know he could touch a hundred, so. Um, it'd be, he'd be a really interesting arm, you know, out of the bullpen, but you know, it looks like they got a, they're, they're moving Strom to the bullpen. So, uh, they, they have, they have way, you know, they have a ton of arms there in, in, in San Diego, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's interesting for sure. That's going to cover news and notes. We're going to move on into our, uh, we have two topics, which, uh, let's, let's go buy low, so high or hold tight. Buy low, so high, that's obvious. When we say hold tight, it's either we're buying them high or we're not willing to sell them at their low point. It's one of those hold tight, things will get better, or if it's a really good player, hold tight because we believe it's actually real. Now, George has a list of names we're going <laughs> to discuss, actually. I have a couple written down here, but you want to drop a name or two and we'll go from there? Sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, the first guy, you know, he was drafted like, you know, in the first four or five rounds here, uh, Jack Flaherty, who, you know, I'm sure many people, including myself, have been you know really disappointed with what he's provided, you know, so far this season. Um, but I think, you know, if, if people are really fed up with, with Flaherty at this point, he could be a buy low, depending on what you can give up, you know, for, for Flaherty, you know, over his last like five starts, you know, he, he has an ERA, you know, almost, almost an eight ERA, 7.82. Yeah over his last five starts. But, um, I mean, most projection systems have him for a high threes, low fours for the rest of the season. You know, most of his, uh, you know, uh, most of his metrics look in line with last season, actually. So, I mean, you know, walks are a little down. Um, I know strikeouts are a little down as well. But, I mean, we saw what Flaherty could do last season. And I, I don't think he's this bad. As bad as he's been over the last month, I don't think he's this bad. So, I mean, 
you know, he has a 4.9 ERA. He has an XFIP, almost a run lower. Um, I, like you know, how you, I like how you picked up the XFIP because I'm looking at the FIP in the Sierra. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah, sorry, I couldn't help. I was, I was waiting. I'm like, I don't know. Like, those are concerning. I mean, it depends on which one you want to believe in, regardless. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know home – the home – really, it's the home runs that have been a major issue, um, you know, this season. So Oh, for sure. Yeah, the, it's it's been the home runs. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just don't think he's as bad as he's been over the last month. So, you know, if someone's just really fed up with him, uh, I, I'd i be looking to see, you know, what you can give up, what, what they'd take for him. The sad thing is this year is the home run to five ball rate, the league average is 15%, apparently. That's ridiculous, first of all. Second of all, I was kind of fading Flaherty at his price this year. I had a lot of them last year, and that I'm not. It's not like I'm not trying to brag at all. I just I couldn't get into the price this year. The K rate is awesome, ten point. I mean, it's barely down, but heck, he has less. He has less of a walk rate, so I mean, he's making up. His strand rate is pretty much in line with league average. I just don't know. I mean, besides the XFIP, the other every other indicator suggests he is who he is right now. Sure. Oh no, sorry. Sierra is actually four point one one as well. So it's just the FIP. Uh, two out of three suggest he's almost a run better. Okay, I can give you that. I will buy into that. Even last year, his uh, FIP was the highest of his uh, indicators as well. So I think a, 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 high, a low four, high three RA guy is likely, which, again, goes back to this pitching landscape. That's not terrible. I just don't know, man. I think better days are ahead. They have to be, you would think, but. I, I don't know. I, I can't say I don't know enough, I guess, because I just – I am i don't know if I'm buying low because I don't think the price is low enough. It, it really would depend on how low I can get them. Personally. Right. Personally. If I'm a Flaherty owner, it's one of those I would hold – I don't know if I would sell low because it depends on who, who – what you're getting for. It's really hard to gauge his value right now. What are like, – can you think of guys that right now, if you're buying low, what would you offer for him? Uh, well, you know, one of, you know, some of my some of the guys that I'm actually, you know, kind of a preview to, you know, a segment ahead, sell high. You know, any of these rookie pitchers, um, you know, if if someone's excited about these call ups, you know, McKay or Cease, um, even Zach Gallon, uh, if you can maybe sell two of them and get Flaherty, I think I'd do that. Yeah, I can I can understand that. You're taking more of a known for the unknown. I get it. Uh, would you give like if you're if you're we're just talking pitcher for pitcher? Would you give Lance Lynn for him? Because he's a sell high. Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm just it, Mike Mike Miner. Like, would you at this point do you have both of them above? Uh, Flaherty. Would you would you give either one of them for Flaherty? Or I mean, the thing is, is Lance Lynn really a sell high? I, I'm not so sure. I you know everything that he's been doing this year is kind of backed up by the underlying numbers. Um, well, especially over the last couple months, uh, I think he had a really rough start to the year, which yeah. blown his numbers up. Yeah, because if you look, yeah, the metrics, the underlying metrics suggest that what he's been doing lately is uh, legit. The ERA is inflated on the year and stuff like that, but all in all, I'm with you. I mean, there's been – I believe there's a change in arm slot that's kind of coincided with his uh, – coincided with the change in – in the outcomes and you know how big I am on tangible change. So 
he's a whole tight for me. I agree. I was just wondering where, if which, how you would rank him because I think I would take Lynn over him right now. I I might take Lynn over Flaherty. They they might be really close for me actually. Um, I, I'm that that'd be tough. I think the uh, the upside is with, I think Flaherty's upside is greater obviously, but. I want the guy who's producing right now. And I wasn't a big Flaherty guy coming into the year, so I can say with relative ease that I am uh, – I'd rather have – I'd rather – like I can – it's not going to take a lot for me to – like if I was a – if I if I owned Flaherty in any leagues, it wouldn't take much for me to sell him because I would just be like, okay, that's fine. You can have him for that. Like <laughs> I'm not – I wasn't a Flaherty guy, so. He's yeah, a great yeah. – he's a great, great buy low target. It's just a matter of what you're uh, – what you're paying I mean, I'm I look I'm looking at Lynn's I'm back at looking at Lance Lynn's uh, pitching. We can jump right, right into Lance Lynn. I think we could both agree that he's a hold tight. I wouldn't necessarily sell high unless I'm selling him for like if I compare him and go get, go out and get a Chris Sale who's back to somewhat struggling again because Chris Sale's numbers haven't been the prettiest. If you can go out and pair Lynn with something for for Chris Sale or a Degrom or somebody like that, I would do it all day. But or oh, if I yeah absolutely. But but. Otherwise, I'm not, like it's one of those things. When we see hold tight, everybody has a price. Everybody definitely has a price. You just have to make sure you. But I'm not selling unless I get that price because that like Lynn right now, he's looking pretty legit, and I would want to hold on to him. Yeah, or maybe you know it, it might be really hard to get someone like Chris Sale, but maybe like Blake Snell, maybe Blake Snell or uh, Mike Clevenger. You know, both guys kind of coming off of uh, rough stretches. Uh, and you know, I know their last, their most recent starts have been, you know, were phenomenal. But you know, maybe because of their their struggles were more recent, and you know, with uh, Clevenger coming off the IL and then struggling in his first start, going back on the IL, and, and uh, you know, the, his his last start was was great. But if maybe you can sell uh, Lance Lynn, sell high, you know, for for someone like Clevenger or Snell, I would do that all day. Yeah, and unfortunately, like you said, uh, it's just it's, the timing is bad because people like someone like me who uh, first of all I was never going to sell Clevenger. <laughs> I have so much Clevenger. I'm, I'm and obviously it's he sh- he he just he might have closed that door a bit because of how well he pitched just yesterday. So he might be a tougher one to pry off somebody's hands, but it wouldn't hurt to try. But yeah. But Flaherty, I mean, it depends on your level of interest in Flaherty. I still think I, I don't. I, you're right. It's 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 definitely a close call. I'm still like I'm still going back and forth on the Flaherty or Lance Lynn thing. But I think I still I think I still see. I wouldn't trade Flaherty for Lynn though. You see, you know what I mean? Like I would. Right. Exactly. Like whichever one I own, I think I'm keeping. I don't think I. I think I don't think I would trade Flaherty for Lynn because of Flaherty's upside. But I wouldn't trade Lynn for Flaherty because I think Lynn at this point has a higher floor, and I think what he's doing is legit. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. That's that's what that was a tough call. Like I said, I think I would have them kind of neck and neck. Well, we're kind of jumping around by low, so high, hold tight. Kind of, they all go hand in hand. So, uh, Mike Miner, since I since I brought him up already previously, he's another one. Depends what I can get for him. And if you're gonna sell Mike Miner, you want to sell him like Lance Lynn. You know, you want, you really want to sell high and go for a guy that definitely has a higher ceiling. But Mike Miner's. I mean, he's shown flashes. It started all the way back, I think, in 2017 as a reliever. And then the second half of last year, he really started coming around. And this whole year, he's been nothing short of pretty much an ace for your team. Now, the metrics don't completely back him up. 
So that makes you wonder, you know, how much like, – and I'm big on the metrics, but, man, he's been a must-start, don't even think twice about him type of guy. I, I'm holding on to him unless, again, it's a Lance that, – that same return we were talking about, Lance Lynn, that, we, that we're going to get for Lance Lynn. I'm not going to sell Mike Meyer for anything less either. So I'm, it's one of those things, enjoy the ride. Because his Sierra and XFIP suggest there's a lot of regression. And even his FIP suggests it. But he's been out pitching his peripherals all year. So, do we just enjoy yeah. the ride? Like, would you – I mean, I, uh, the more I look at his peripherals, the more I want to say so high. But he's been so good for me, I don't want to. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, Miner was someone I, I was on coming into the season. Because, uh, you know, the, the numbers and the – the peripherals were looked great for the second half last year. So, I mean, yeah, I think he could continue to, to outpitch it. Those, you know, his FIP and XFIP, he's got a 2.54 ERA right now. He's been, he's been fantastic. I mean, the strand rates a little high 80, I think it was like 84, 85%. I didn't exactly. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. So it does point to some regression coming and we kind of saw a little bit of that correction in his uh, last start, you know, he only went, uh, you know, didn't, didn't, didn't go five innings. I think he went four and a third, uh, gave up three runs, uh, four strikeouts against the Angels um, on Tuesday. So, yeah, you, we might see a few more uh, of those uh, kind of starts here and there. But, I mean, I, I think he's going to continue to be solid. You know who's a great buy low, and I would like – and we'll rank him in a moment. But, Boyd, Matthew Boyd, Matt Boyd. Yeah. Boyd, Boyd right now is a great buy low. He's struggled over pretty much the last month. Six ERA, 1.33 whip. Still has a ton of strikeouts. 24 innings pitch of 32 strikeouts. I think he's a trade candidate. And if he goes to a better team, I think that only helps his value. Now, hopefully he doesn't go to New York where the park gets a lot worse. But then obviously the division would get a lot harder too. But I think Boyd's a great buy low. And if you have Boyd, do you do you prefer Boyd, like Boyd, Minor, Lynn? How would you rank them? I think I might rank them Boyd, Lynn, Miner. Um, and I think I, I'm right there. Like, I, I agree. I'm trying to get Boyd wherever I can, uh, especially if he's going to get traded. You know, if the rumors are true that the Astros are interested in him. I mean, oh. you know. oh. <laughs> Any pitcher that goes to the Astros gets that much better. He has a nasty slider as it is. So you take his that nasty slider and you take it to a team who's going to just make him throw it like 90,000% of the time. Uh, like 100% of the time, he's gonna, he's gonna, I think he's gonna flourish there. And then, I mean, all his peripherals, he's actually, his ERA is at 3.72, and every one of his peripherals suggests he's slightly um, above where he should be. Most of them in 3.5, his with a Sierra at 3.33. The K rate is nice, you know, he's averaging, he has 11.42 K per nine. The walk rate is sub two with a strain rate that's realistic at 78%. Boyd is a great buy low. I would, Gladly sell Lynn or Miner for him. And I think you could do that right now. And I would actually rank it Boyd. I think I'm going to go Boyd, Miner, Lynn. Only because Miner's been doing it for longer. But Lynn's peripherals look better. So you can, those two are honestly interchangeable. I'm just biased towards Miner because he's been doing it. I think the track record is what I'm banking on between those two. But um, whatever, I can't think of the word now. <laughs> regardless, because I love the word regardless, regardless, it's Boyd first, then those two, and I would trade either one of those two for Boyd without a second thought. Yep, I agree. Perfect. So that was easy. Um, What about you? Uh, we have a few more names you want to throw out there? We're kind of flying through them, which is great, because 
I'm running low on time anyway. Uh, <laughs> if you want to throw a couple names out there and we'll just kind of go with them. Yeah, uh, another one, you know, buy, sell, or hold. What are you doing with Paul Goldschmidt? Um, you know, he's another guy, you know, disappointing disappointing so far. <laughs> disappointing is an understatement. Now, I knew he was kind of being over – I have no shares of him for a reason. Not that he was being overdrafted, but I knew the steals were going to be – I didn't realize the steals were going to be gone. And now without when he, the fact that he's not stealing, there's a lot to be concerned about with him. I mean, and if you look at his stat cast data – He's actually he's due for some positive regression. Yeah. Oh no, sorry, I looked at the wrong line. If you look at Sackhouse data, he's due for some positive regression, but not in the batting average area. The problem is, is he's hitting 250, and other than track record, which obviously you always want to give somebody of Goldschmidt's caliber some benefit of the doubt, and looking past just peripherals, but there's not much in the peripherals to suggest he's gonna turn it around. There's just not. I mean, his slugging percentage is, is expected to be a little higher, but he, his batting average is right in line with it. His Woba and ex-Woba are pretty much right in line with each other, like a little bit of variance because these aren't – that's the thing. People don't realize that X-stats, they're just – that's their expected. It doesn't mean they can't over or underperform them. There's always a variance. But he's – he there's just not much to get excited about. You're take If you're taking a chance on him, you're buying into his name – whether you're buying into the actual numbers and take his, take his name away from the numbers. He wouldn't be somebody you'd be all that interested in. So with Goldschmidt, if you buy him, you're still buying, you're still paying a little more than I'd probably like to. It just depends what you can get. Again, everybody has a price. So it depends what you can get them for. But if I'm the owner, I think I'm holding tight because I'm a, or I'm going to, I would sell. I have no problem selling. It's just a matter of what, what am I getting for him? Am I selling him for – am I able – like, there's people I'm talking to, friends of mine, that still rather have Goldschmidt over Josh Bell. If I can get Josh Bell for Goldschmidt based on name all day, no – no, not even a thought – not even a second – I wouldn't second-guess that at all. Not even – not even – I wouldn't think twice on that one. But that's personal. I know people have a hard time with that. Yeah. No, I mean – I'm holding on to Goldschmidt too. I mean, I, and I actually do think that he might be a good buy low candidate. I mean, he's, you know, that track record, I, I just think he's too good. Uh, I mean, I, I'm looking at his numbers and I, I know, you know, through from, you know, the beginning of the season and then through June 1st, he was hitting 279. Um, and then, you know, he's had a particularly rough month, you know, over, you know, through, through the month of June, uh, I mean, he was hitting 279 through June 1st. He's hitting two, down to 250 now. You know, today he's down to 250. But, you know, over the last month, he has a 239 Babbitt. But he actually has decreased his uh, strikeout rate. And, I mean, all the contact, you know, his plate discipline looks pretty much the same, you know, as last season. He, you know, he still has a 49% hard. He's still hitting the ball hard, you know, at a, at a good rate, uh, 49% um, hard hit rate. So, I mean, there, there's no way that Goldschmidt's a 250 hitter. And, you know, like I said, that, that 239 BABIP over the last month, you know, this, this last month has been particularly rough. I just think that he's, he's definitely due for some positive regression come, going forward for the second half. So if someone's really, you know, fed up with Goldschmidt, they're thinking like, you know, he, he had a really good second half of the season last actually you know basically since mid-may last year he was one of the best hitters in baseball maybe you know people were thinking that they were going to get that again you know waiting for him to turn it on like at, at that level now i don't think that's going to happen but 
I, I do think that he's going to be much better going forward. If you can get, you know, something close to a 280, 290 hitter who can hit, you know, another 20 home runs, um, I, I, I think, I think Goldschmidt could be in line for something like that. Well, and there are some other things I just kind of found, maybe reasons why he's struggling um, with the batting average anyway. The power is going to be there. He still has the same, you know, like you said, the hard hit rate might is actually in line or a little better than last year. He's not barreling as many balls. And if um, his, his actual launch angle took a little bit of a dip. Like he's hitting a, a less of a, a, with less of a loft in the swing. With that comes a, a lowered line drive rate by 5% or just shy of 4.8% technically. And that whole, pretty much all of it, basically all 4.5% or 4.8%, excuse me, went into ground ball rate. So all those hard hit balls are going right, are like, <laughs> like they're going into the ground. So if you increasing the ground ball rate, dropping the line drive rate, that's going to drop your batting average. That, it's, it's just, there's no, there's no way around it. You hit hard, he's not fast enough to beat out these ground balls. So all that hard contact, just that's what a big part of what's wrong with Vlad. Vlad hits a ton of ground balls. So you can hit these hard hit balls, but if you're hitting them to the ground and you don't have Mondesi or, you know, top 10% percentile speed, all those ground balls you aren't beating out, especially if they're hard hit. Right. So I think a lot of that. And, and then if you look at his, his pull rate is also down, so he's pulling the ball less, which could be hurting some of his power output as well. All in all, I mean, the five ball rate is still – it's literally identical point – 0.1% difference. So it's basically identical to last year. Yeah. It's just, it's just the ground ball rate needs to, he needs, if he could fix that ground ball rate, maybe pull the ball a little more because his pull rate's the lowest it's been since 2014 to give you an idea of how low it's been or 2015. Excuse yeah. me. So it's soft and a soft contact is actually the highest. It's actually a career high soft contact rate. <laughs> so there are indicators suggesting why he's struggling. But if you bet on his track record, you bet on who he is, I can understand expecting better things. But there are legitimate red flags and concerns and reason to believe that this could be the first year that he's actually somewhat falling off. And yeah. then, then you take away the stolen bases. So that, that, that was always a big plus for his fantasy value as a first baseman. Yeah, so, no, I, I, I get that. I just think, you know, like you said, with the track record, if we're talking about like career high, soft contact rate, uh, you know, career low pro percentage. I, I think he can make those adjustments, though. I know these numbers kind of say what he's done so far this season, but um, you know, I, I think he can make those adjustments. He just, you know, he, he needs to adjust that launch angle, like you mentioned. And yeah, um, yeah and, and I think we can have an excellent, you know, hitter going forward. Well, and obviously, there's there's a lot of again between Stackhouse data and those. I can understand why he's struggling, but you get like you said, it always comes down to just belief in the player. I think it's a good buy low opportunity. I agree, but what is buying low? If I again and I, I like people like if the people I play with are willing to give me Josh Bell for him, yes, please. I have no problem personally taking that, but I would never pay Josh Bell for him. That's the thing. Like I don't. I believe Josh Bell rest of the season is better than Goldschmidt. I think Goldschmidt is taking a big big step backwards, and I think his fantasy value takes a big hit without the stolen bases, regardless. So, um, I'd rather have Rizzo. These are guys. I'd rather have Gallo. I'd rather have – it would be like Matt Olson would be some type of guy I would like to try to sell high on and get for him, but I doubt you can – I doubt you'd be able to buy, buy him that low. Uh, try to be realistic for people because Goldschmidt is such a big name. That's a problem. You have to kind of pay for the name too. It's not like it's – Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like uh, that's another thing too. You know, some of these young bats have just passed him up. You know, Josh Bell, uh, I mean, rather have Pete Alonzo for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I agree. Uh, 
I'm trying to find names on the fly here. <laughs> it's just uh, I just I would like to give some people an idea of what to uh, what I would. I mean, be, um, would you rather have um? Now I think he's I think he's banged up right now. But would you rather have Luke Voigt? No, see that's where I draw the line. Would you rather have Max Muncy? Oh man. <laughs> yeah, that's where yeah, he's, yeah, he's he's been really he's you know really turned it around over the last couple of months. But uh, I think I'd still take Goldschmidt. I think that's where you take the gamble. I think Muncy. He's been great, and he's he literally has 50 home, uh, 50 home runs. Oh, my God. Uh, 20 home runs, 58 RBIs, 53 runs, and he's banged 275. So he's – and he's and it all kind of lines up. He's actually really solid. But he's where you take that gamble where, you know what, you sell him at this part price, and if Goldsmith comes up short, you won't be too upset. Now, what where Muncie has the advantage is he's second base eligible, where second base is the worst, uh, the worst position in fantasy. Another guy that I'm willing to sell high on to sell to buy him is, is Mustakis, who's kind of slowed down, I feel like lately. Yeah, he's been pretty he's been pretty eh, around over the last month. But he's a guy that if you could take those season long numbers and sell high to get a goldsmith, I would do that. Uh, those are and these are realistic names I think you could get him for right now. So we spent enough time on Goldschmidt, I think. We can yeah. move on, but I just want to – I love I love looking into players, man. And this is why Zach gets frustrated with me because I dive into everybody. Um, one more for me. I don't know how many how many you had left, but I know one more for me that I'm looking to sell high on is John Means. Means has been great. And it's unbelievable because it's Orioles pitcher. And Orioles pitchers are never great. But he's been, he's been really doing really well this year. I mean, he has seven wins on the year. And – so a 2.5 ERA, and that's great. Like, he's been solid, definitely better in points leagues, but he's – and I have a lot of John Means, so I have no problem saying, like, I'm riding it, but I'm willing to sell high because there's a lot of indicated – there's a, pretty much everything in his profile suggests he's going to go boom, boom. Just like Plesak. Plesak was the same thing. I, I had – just last episode with Zach, I talked about how Plesak, you ride him, but he his profile suggested a big big regression, and then the next start he went literally got smacked around. So means it's almost like any start now. I'm expecting the big big bad outing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I look at I see that 47.4 percent fly ball rate. Oh, yeah. I I see you know the the FIP and X FIP, you know, Five. run and a half, <laughs> two, two runs two runs higher. You know, yeah. I mean, oh. So bad. You have actually almost – you almost have three – there's almost a three-run difference between his ERA and XFIP. And that's yeah. a bad thing. That's a bad thing. <laughs> like, that's – oh, my. How is – with 81% strand rate. And you got to know – you know Camden Yards. It's like a – it's a little league ballpark. Those lineups in that division are going to tear him apart with these summer months in, now among us. And, yeah. and he's a fly ball pitcher. I don't see. I don't see how any. I don't see how any Orioles pitcher can have an eight point one percent home run to fly ball rate. I don't see how any pitcher with his profile hasn't exploded. I mean, yeah, he's had like one bad start on like over the last month or two, I think, because I I I know because I've been riding the hot streak and I just don't. His swinging strike rate is a ten point one percent. Just to give you an idea, the league average is eleven, and (laughs) he's not even a league average. Like he's obviously in these K per nine suggests as much, but. You start seeing. I mean, he he doesn't get cha- his chase rate is below average. Like he's not getting he's not getting people to chase. He's not getting he's the, he's not getting the strikeouts. He's a points league guy right now, but 
I don't know. I, I, you're right. I, I guess you know what it is. He has a really above average O contact, so maybe he's getting a lot. He must be getting a lot. Of, he must be inducing a lot of soft contact. No, not even that much. So I don't know, man. A lot of medium contact. That's weird. Regardless. Yeah, I mean the thing is, it'd be hard to really sell him for for anything. I mean, who's gonna really? Who's gonna trust an Orioles pitcher? Man, I mean, what I what can you really get for him? Realistically, who can you target? That is true. I that's a good that's a good point. But maybe a lot of people just look at numbers. I mean, Musgrove before his last start, Musgrove before his last start would be a good name to try to go after. It would be like yeah. a lower. You would have to take a lower end guy like that, like lower end. Maybe a maybe a Dakota Hudson. Uh, even though he actually no, I might really. Maybe you try to go out and buy like a maybe a team's in like fifth place, and they have a Tyone on the on the injured on the IL. Do you go out and maybe target one of those guys that are due back in another month or so? You know what I mean? Like, because I can tell you right now, Tyone is probably due back end of uh, end of July, early August. Maybe a team needs pitching now. You go after an injured guy like that. That would make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Or maybe like um, uh, Jake Odorizzi. You know, Oder- Odorizzi has his own problems. <laughs> Odorizzi, I don't like. He 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 was a guy we missed on the news notes. He's uh he has a he's on the IL with blisters and we've all seen how blisters can literally derail a season. He's a guy I'm I'm willing to sell high if I can because I'm afraid ever since uh Aaron Sanchez, man. I he's been he's like the he's like the poster child in my head of blister problems, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like I'm afraid that and if you look at his like, over the last month, Odorizzi's been really, really bad, basically. <laughs> For lack of a better term, and he has his own, he has his own issues. He'd be a sell high for me personally, as it is. But, I mean, it wouldn't hurt to take the chance, though. I guess means is worth gambling, right? In case the blister problems aren't as bad as I'm, um, you know, what I mean, like unless he can outpitch those blister problems and all that. But I don't know. Is there anybody else you want to move on to the last segment we have here? I know you recently did your deep dive on him, but what do you think about Austin Meadows right now? He's a buy low. I think he's. I think there's a lot of. Uh, I haven't looked at. I mean, it's obviously been a week, and things do change in just as little as a week. But all things being considered, I would probably still buy low on him. I've had people talk about adding him, like he's apparently being dropped in leagues and such. Twenty-four-year-old kid, man. He still has a. He has like a. He's still walking a good amount of time. He's still striking out barely above league average. Even with his uh, terrible, we're talking what, like a terrible month now, over a month. He still yeah. has a he still has a triple slash of two eighty six, three fifty eight, and five hundred. Um, I haven't looked at specifically that this month. I again, it's been a week or so since I've done a deep dive. But I do think, all in all, Meadow Meadow, this is, he's actually just now regressed to what his X stats suggested. So. And they're still suggesting pretty much what he's where he's at where he's at right now. He should start coming around and pretty much sustain it. <laughs> so, I think he's a great buy low. I mean, I pitchers have adjusted. It's on him to adjust adjust back. They started throwing him, I think, more breaking pitches, more off speed stuff. So, all in all, though, I like I like Meadows a lot. I like the power speed combo, and I want to buy low if I can. Yeah, absolutely. Now I I know you know I was big on Meadows coming into the season and anyone who who had him or picked him up, drafted him, 
got a little taste of, you know, what, what he could do first couple of months. Uh, but, you know, since June 1st, he's hitting 202, uh, has not hit a home run, one stolen base. Um, so, I mean, but, you know, still has a 40, you know, in, in that time has a 43.4% hard hit rate uh, with also a 43% fly ball rate. So, you know, I, I think, yeah, I think better days for sure are ahead for Meadows. And if someone's getting frustrated, I think that maybe, you know, the first couple of months were just kind of a flash and, um you know, getting, growing tired of, of uh, Meadows at this point, then yeah, I think he's definitely a, a buy low. I think he could still, I think he could still be a top 50 player the uh, rest of the season. Yeah. I think that's definitely his upside without a doubt. Now, could he fall? Could he be closer to that top 100? Sure. But we're still talking about top 100 guy, a must start guy in pretty much all formats. And I think you can get him now. There's way he's on waiver wires in some leagues. Cause again, when I dropped that article, I was getting people asking me, Meadows or and there was like names that was like definitely Meadows you know but recency bias goes a long way and people want you know the fact that he's been struggling for a month now it's I maybe you want to bench him I get that but I would not drop him and I would definitely and he's a great by low target yeah so we've talked about we've done news and notes obviously buy low sell high hold tight to be completely honest it's July 4th my family's getting uh, a little rowdy in the background we're about to head out to Universal so we can't do any more deep dives as much as me and me and uh, George really love getting into players. Obviously, we spent an hour now just talking really deeply about all these players. So we're gonna run through these real quick. It's it's our cut weight or bait episode. Cut weight or sorry, cut bait or weight. It's our cut bait or weight segment. Again, normally we like to dive into more, but we're just gonna kind of throw them out there and just say, are we are we holding on or are we cutting them? First guy, at least on my list, Will Myers. This pains me to say it. I love the guy, but I'm letting him go. I've cut him in a few leagues. I'm holding on to him and anything. And these guys, I don't know about you, but most of these leagues, if it's these are shallower leagues, 15 teams are deeper. I'm pretty much holding on to Myers still. But Will Myers is a guy that I've cut bait in basically 12 teams in shallower, 12 team mix in shallower, not playing every day. Part of that rotation in the outfield, barely, it feels like. And his K yeah, rate has been sitting a lot lately. And his K rate is through the roof. He did hit a home run the other night and he started yesterday. So, We'll see where it goes. I'm not exactly eager. I'm willing to cut bait. I have. So, um, well, I know one of your guys, Lorenzo Kane. he's on your cut bait or wait list. I, man, speed is so hard to come by. What are you doing with him? I mean, I know he has, uh, what is it, I think, 10 steals on the year so far. But it seems like this year he's just, he's having a down year. He's a little banged up. Uh, I think, I think in shallow leagues, he's probably a bench and hold right now. I mean, I still, I'm not, I'm not so sure I'm cutting him yet, but maybe, you know, if, if this keeps up a, a little while after, because he's, he's only hitting 245 right now, you know, five home runs, 10 steals, kind of expected a, a little bit more along the lines of the 30 steal pace you got last year in a 300 average. Um, and, and right now, you know, 10 steals, 245. I mean, that's that's really, really not what you were looking for. Um, you know, 10 team leagues, I, I would I would probably cut him in 10 team league, uh, given, you know, the outfield probably, you know, off, given, you know, the, how much offense there is available. Yeah. Um, and if again, I'm in points leagues, I'd cut him too. I had no problem saying I'd come in points leagues. His OBP is a little down. I, already t- I can tell just by looking at some of his stats. OBP is down. 
uh, batting average where it's at. K rate is up. Walk rate is down on the year from previous years. Yeah, there's a uh, his expected. Even I'm looking at obviously. Oh no, I looked his, his uh, I looked I, I looked into him a little bit. I'm looking into him a little bit right now as we talk. His expected stats are slightly above what he's been producing, so there is positive regression coming his way, which is not as much as what you may expect. I'm I'm I, I would hold tight. I would wait. I wouldn't cut. I would cut in shallow leagues, like you said, ten teamers, and I would probably look to cut in points leagues or trade based on name value because in points leagues he becomes way less valuable because i mean the steals are it was never the steals you were banking on but the on-base percentage maybe you were and he's not getting on base as much right now so i could understand cutting more in points leagues but any categories format i'm holding on the murdo categories uh d gordon points leagues again he's definitely cut and shower roto leagues no i can't do it his speed is that valuable it's He's just not good, though. <laughs> he provides little, but he, he just provides little to nothing else to your team other than speed. Speed is just that precious of a commodity. He's okay in batting average, obviously, too, but he's just so aggravating. Any points format, I wouldn't even bother holding on to him. But and I don't care if it's ten team, twelve team, and the points league, he has no value to me. But in a in a roto categories league, I'll hold tight and I would just keep throwing him out there because again. Kind of have to, if you because if you have him, it's for speed and nothing else. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, the, the only other thing he has going for him is you know second base eligibility, and even that, so it's honestly barely enough to keep him on your roster. To be completely honest, uh, Matt Strom for me, it's simple cut. I I was holding on tight, and he couldn't even do well against the Giants. And you like you mentioned earlier, he's going to the bullpen. He's a cut for me. Yeah, unless so, it's a, unless a holds league, maybe. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think you know he's moving to the bullpen. He might stay there the rest of the season. He was much more effective there last year. So, um, you know, I think this starter stuff, you know, thing didn't work out this year. So, yeah, he's. I think he's definitely a cut. Yeah, exactly. And I, I guess I, I was like, maybe holds and holds leagues. Uh, even then, no, probably not. Yeah, like you say, he's probably cut. Now, if he goes back to showing his dominant stuff as a reliever, maybe you can get behind picking him up just for the ratios and stuff. Because I'm sure he can still provide that again this year. But yeah, he needs to be cut. He needs to be way less owned at this point. Um, I guess I think I talked about Odorizzi a little bit. He he made my list. I was thinking about cutting bait, but with the pitching landscape as it is. You, you got to hold on to him, hope that the blisters aren't a chronic issue the rest of the way, and then he bounces back from his recent struggles. And maybe the blisters were contributing to the recent struggles. It's hard to tell. Yeah, uh, Chris Archer. He's a drop for me. I'm not even thinking twice anymore. I'm barely holding on to him in a 15-team dynasty league. I found, yeah. I've been finding reasons to hold on to him because I just need pitching so bad. But I haven't started him. He's been a bench. And I'm, honestly, I, 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 if anything popped up on a dang waiver wire in that deep of a format, it would, I would probably make that switch, but there's nothing. So that's what's holding me back on that. But he's a drop for me in anything shallower than 15-teamers. He's barely even a hold in 15-teamers for me. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, really, the only thing Archer is providing right now is the strikeouts. I mean, he only has three quality starts on the year. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. Anything shallower than 15-teams, uh, I'm cutting them. Um, any last, Any other names before we get out of here that you wanted to bring up? Um, no, I think, I think we're good. 
Good. Perfect. All right. Been a good, fun episode. Yeah. My wife's going to kill me because I I took longer than I told her I would. Uh, With that being said, guys, please check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts, we are available. Leave us a rating and review. That really helps us. Don't forget to check out our articles. Zach, uh, Zach, I keep calling you Zach. George and I keep, uh, we drop, like I said, our weekly articles, minimum one a week for me, two a week from him, minimum at this time for Fantrax. You, you can follow us on Twitter. You can, you can follow Zach. You can follow, dang it, can <laughs> Zach. You can follow George at jmontanez90. You can follow me at Mike underscore Curland on Twitter. You can follow the base of the podcast at Bases Loaded Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And as always, guys, we appreciate you listening, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Peace.